0: We were just about to, um, to come on to sort of uh, Augustine's encounter with the um, Platonic tradition. And he um, was introduced to these books, or Latin translations of these books, um, through uh, the sort of um, Christian intellectual circle in Milan, which would have included Ambrose the bishop. So if we can just um, read the first paragraph, number two, quite slowly. Um, We'll we'll just do the first paragraph.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. By the Platonic books, I was admonished to return into myself. With you as my guide, I entered into my innermost citadel, and was given power to do so because you had become my helper. I entered, and with my soul's eye, such as it was, saw above that that same eye of my soul the immutable light higher than my mind, not the light of every day obvious to anyone, nor a larger version of the same kind which would, as it were, have given out a much brighter light and filled everything with its magnitude. It was not that light, but a different thing, utterly different from all our kinds of light. It transcended my mind, not in the way that oil floats on water, nor as heaven is above earth. It was superior because it made me and I was inferior, because I was made by it. The person who knows the truth knows it, and he who knows it knows eternity. Love knows it. Eternal truth and true love and beloved eternity. You are my God. To you I sigh day and night. When I first came to know you, you raised me up to make me see that what I saw is being and that I, who saw, am not yet being. And you gave a shock to the weakness of my sight by the strong radiance of your rays, and I trembled with love and awe. And I found myself far from you, in the region of dissimilarity, and heard, as it were, your voice from on high. I am the food of the fully grown. Grow, and you will feed on me. And you will not change me into you like the food your flesh eats, but you will be changed into me. (coughs) And I recognize that because of iniquity, you discipline man and cause my soul to waste away like a spider's web. and i said surely truth can be nothing when it is not diffused through space either finite surely truth cannot be nothing when it is not diffused through space either finite or infinite and you cried from far away now i am who I am. I heard in the way one hears within the heart, and all doubt left me. I would have found it easier to doubt whether I was myself alive than that there is no truth <coughs> understood from the things that are made. Thank you.
0: There are usually reckoned to be four um, so called ascent narratives in the confessions. Um, Under number two, um, you've got two of them. We we won't read the rest of that. Um, The the second one might well be the same one, but sort of seen in a different (coughs) way. And um, the fourth one comes in Book 10, which I haven't included either. But this is the first one um, that comes in the Confessions. And um, as with most things, there seems to be arguments as to what it means and um, the significance of it. whether it's Christian, whether it's, whether it's a failed attempt at um, a sort of platonic ecstasy. That the sort of imagery used is one of, of illumination, which is um, the similar similar imagery to the imagery used by Plotinus, who was one of the Neoplatonists, and um, there have been um, works written on sort of analysing the confessions and and finding sort of direct quotes from the Aeneids sort of disguised in Christian terms. So it's clear that that Plotinus was one of the Platonic books, certainly, that um, Augustine was introduced to. Plato's um, uh, idea of the soul's return was more of a sort of remembering. He talks about remembering rather than an illumination. or a sort of, I mean, the Greek word for truth is aletheia, which is an un- unforgetting, which I always think is quite, um, quite interesting to speculate on, really, and think about. And unlike Plotinus, I mean, Augustine goes beyond Plotinus because for Plotinus, the light that you see um, is um, the sort of undescended part of your own soul, whereas for Augustine, it's quite clear that the light he sees is is entirely separate. He doesn't. It's not part of himself. It's above above himself. <coughs> But obviously, um, the, uh, the, the two-world theory, Plato's two worlds of, of being and, and becoming, um, are what helps Augustine to, and not only Augustine, but um, Gregory, Nyssa and all those early church fathers who use the sort of platonic metaphysics um, to sort of create the um, Christian theology, um, helps them to... to um, to incorporate the the idea of the transcendent God. And that's really one of the sort of important things that comes out of this vision for Augustine. There's a lot of sort of Eucharistic imagery as well in this, the feeding on high.
1: <clears throat> I find this bit um, in it, the person who knows the truth knows it, mm. and he who knows it knows eternity. Love knows it. Mm. It's a sort of more than just an intellectual memory, yes. isn't it? Yes, it is, yes. It's a much yes. deeper...
0: Yeah. Mm. And again, that goes beyond Plotinus because, I mean, Plotinus is called the god of the philosophers was, in a sense, a sort of impersonal being, yeah. um, whereas this is, is more than that. It's being and it's love.
1: Yeah.
0: Using this scriptural passage, uh, Romans 120, it, it's, it comes up in this passage, and then in fact, all three paragraphs has a reference to Romans 120. We haven't really got time to read the second one if we're going to get through it, but the second one is really um, giving you the stages by which um, he ascends. Um, Perhaps I'll just read the end of that because this point hasn't come up in the previous one. Um, But I did not possess the strength to keep my vision fixed. My weakness reasserted itself, and I returned to my customary condition. I carried with me only a loving memory and a desire for that of which I had the aroma, but which I had not yet the capacity to eat.
1: (laughs) The beautiful visualizations of um Spiritual development. Yes, you know. Sometimes you hear something and it goes down so deep. It's Mm. like a stone that goes into water, and and you just can't retrieve it. Mm. But but you know it's gone down. Mm. (laughs) Mm. And then this is like a little bit closer to staying in consciousness. Yes.
0: Um, Beautiful. Mm. Mm. I mean, that is actually a, a, a very important. Passage because for Plotinus um, who had this idea of the undescended soul, contemplation, the act of contemplation was actually the same as salvation. And after um, Plotinus's time, his sort of disciples split into two groups. Um, one who believed in this undescended soul, um, and therefore for them contemplation was the same as salvation, and for the, another group who didn't. Um, and who believed the soul needed that bit of extra help and for them um, sort of the ritual and, and um, w- was important and for Augustine who who doesn't believe in, the, in, in any part of the soul being undescended um, he didn't believe that contemplation was the same as salvation it was just a glimpse and in fact as he goes on um, in his spiritual life his image we talked about the images of the journey. His image changes, and um, he starts to talk about the the journey as a sort of long highway, rather than an ascent. Uh, He he does, he has this sort of, in a few of his works, he has a sort of seven-stage ladder of ascent. Um, But um, by the time he he comes to the Trinity, um, the ascent is the beginning of the journey, and then it's it's very much a long highway. So you can see by his use of imagery how he himself changes as he, as he goes along. We're going to have to move on, actually, otherwise we won't get <coughs> all the passages done. Um, if we move on to passage number three... Um, <coughs> This is the great conversion the garden scene. Prior to this, uh, he had considered being baptised. I mean, he, he now had um, a belief in God. Um, but Augustine being very competitive and um, also, I think, influenced by the various um, people he'd come across who held uh, the view that the, sort of, um, the ascetic strain of Christianity was somehow better, um, people, I mean Ambrose did uh, and um, in Hortensius he came across this idea uh, in the Platonic books that he read he also came across this idea um, he felt that he, although Christianity he had come to realise was worthy um, was worthy of him because obviously to begin with he, he ha- hadn't rated the scriptures at all, now he felt that he wasn't in some way worthy of it so I think unless you, you sort of understand his thinking, it's difficult to see why he got so upset in the way that he did before, um, uh, b- before this sort of conversion in the garden. Um, right, Does somebody want to read Conversion in the Garden? Change from my voice. I can't hear myself at all now,
2: actually. <laughs> <Okay>.
0: Yeah, yeah. <coughs>
2: Suddenly, I heard a voice from the nearby house, chanting as it might be a boy or girl, I don't know which, saying and repeating over and over again, pick up and read, pick up and read. And at once, my countenance changed, and I began to think intently whether there might be some sort of children's game in which such a chant is used, but I couldn't remember having heard one. I checked the flood of tears and stood up. I interpreted it solely as a divine command to me to open the book and read the first chapter I might find. For I had heard how Antony happened to be present at a gospel reading and took it as an admonition addressed to himself when the words were read: "Go, sell all you have, give to the poor." And you shall have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. But such an inspired utterance, by such an inspired utterance, he was immediately converted to you. So I hurried back to the place where Alypius was sitting. And there I put down there, there I had put down, there I had put down there the book of the apostle when I got up. I seized it, opened it, and in silence read the first passage (coughs) on which my eyes lit, not in riots and drunken parties, not in eroticism and indecencies, not in strife and rivalry, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision in flesh in its lusts. I neither wished nor he needed to read further. And at once with the last words of this sentence, it was as if a light of relief from all anxiety flooded into my heart, and all the shadows of doubt were dispelled.
0: It's such a pity we, we can't sort of read the whole build up to that because he gets himself into a real and it's, it's very dramatic reading, but um, can't read everything, unfortunately. But in, in um, book eight, where, the, where he um, talks about this conversion, he, um, leading up to it, he, he says how he's heard the story of Anthony being converted, which he refers to here. And then he also, um, somebody tells him about some other people who have been converted by hearing Antony's story, Uh, and he talks about the conversion of um, um, the person who has translated the Platonic books into Latin. So he's building up; he's he's building it all up to um, his own conversion. And again, you know, we're we're in another garden, and uh, he's sitting under a fig tree. It's all very, very symbolic. Whenever I see the flooded into my heart, which I've seen a few times in his writings, he never quotes the, um, I don't know which passages, there's a passage in Romans when um, Paul talks about love flooding the inmost heart. Do you know the one I mean? Um, always surprised he doesn't actually, he never sort of quotes, put, acknowledges that. And it, always, it, it always reminds me of, of that part of Romans. And then he is baptized, and um, the the final passage, or five and six, which actually I've I've split into two, but they follow on, um, is the great um, and well-known vision at Ostia, which he shares with his mother. So it's a communal vision, and it's um, set between um, resurrection texts. again in a garden, or rather overlooking a garden. i I just read the first bit, Kim, will you then read the meditation on the ascent? Fine, yeah.
1: <clears throat>
0: <coughs> the day was imminent when she was to depart this life, the day which you knew and we did not. It came about, as I believe by your providence through your hidden ways, that she and I were standing, leaning out of a window, overlooking a garden. It was at the house where we were staying at Ostia on the Tiber, where far removed from the crowds, after the exhaustion of a long journey, we were recovering our strength for the voyage. Alone with each other, we talked very intimately forgetting the past and reaching forward to what lies ahead. We were searching together in the presence of the truth, which is you yourself. We asked what quality of life, the eternal life of the saints will have, a life which neither eye has seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man. But with the mouth of the heart wide open, We drank in the waters flowing from your spring on high, the spring of life, which is with you. Sprinkled with this dew to the limit of our capacity, our minds attempted in some degree to reflect on so great a reality. Our colloquy led us to the point where the pleasures of the body's senses, however intense and in however brilliant a material light enjoyed, seemed unworthy, not merely of comparison, but even of remembrance beside the joy of that life. And we lifted ourselves in longing yet more ardent toward that which is, and step by step traversed all bodily creatures and heaven itself, whence sun and moon and stars shed their light upon the earth. Higher still we mounted by inward thought and wondering discourse on your works. And we arrived at the summit of our minds, and this too we transcended, to touch that land of never-failing plenty, where you pasture Israel forever with the food of truth. Life there is the wisdom through whom all these things are made, and all others that have been or ever will be but wisdom herself is not made. She is as she always has been and will be forever. Rather should we say that in her there is no has been or will be, but only being. For she is eternal, but past and future do not belong to eternity. And as we talked and panted for it, we touched the edge of it by the utmost leap of our hearts. Then sighing and unsatisfied, we left the first fruits of our spirit captive there and returned to the noise of articulate speech where a word has beginning and end. How different from your word, our Lord, who abides in himself and grows not old that renews all things.
3: Then we say, the tumult of the deck fell silent for someone, and silent too were the phantasms of earth, sea, and air, silent the heavens, and the very soul silent to itself, that it might pass beyond itself (coughs) by not thinking of its own being. If dreams and revelations known through its imagination were silent, if every tongue and every sign and whatever is subject to transient were wholly still for him, For if anyone listens, all these things will tell him, we did not make ourselves. He made us who abides forever. And having said this, they held their peace. For they had pricked the listening ear to him who made them. And then he alone, word to speak, not through things that are made, but of himself, that we might hear his word, not through fleshly tongue, nor angel's voice, nor thunder cloud, nor any riddling parable, hear him unmediated, whom we love in all these things hear him without them, as now we stretch out and in a flash of thought touch that eternal wisdom who abides above all things. If this could last, and all other visions so far inferior be taken away, and this sight alone ravish him who saw it, and engulf him and hide him away, kept for inward joys, so that this moment of knowledge, this passing moment that left us aching for more, should there be life eternal, would not enter into the joy of your Lord be this, and this alone. And when, when will this be? When we all rise again, but not all are changed? I said something like this, even if not just this way, with exactly these
0: words. Right. Um, b- before um, we have any questions, I just wanted to to say that the translation here of the of number six is from the Maria Balding. Okay. Um, the reason is that she keeps the, in the Latin, the word siliant comes up time and time again. And she's the only one that seems to keep that. Chadwick goes out of his way to sort of translate the word silent in, any, in every conceivable way but silent. <laughs> um, which is why I've sort of split that into two, because all the rest is his translation. his translation.
3: Yeah and, and and passage from Protimus I uh-huh. often use as an introduction to meditation. Oh yes. And that's exactly like if the child of the flesh is a sign it? It is yeah. very, very similar. Yeah. Very yeah.
0: similar to Protimus. But I mean at least one scholar has gone through the whole work picking out every passage. Yeah, you, you know that passage, know yes, that passage yes. Very well. It's very difficult to read that passage,
1: mm-hmm.
0: actually. But I, I, mean, I love the way you do it. It's very, it's very... You have to read it slowly, otherwise... It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense.
3: But it's interesting if if it is so much like Plotinus, mm. is it
0: a genuine vision? Mm. Well, I mean that's. Or is it a mental thing? What is? The I mean, I I would say that. Um, I mean, Plotinus was part of the culture. Um, that he knew very well, and he would obviously therefore use those words that were familiar to him um, to explain or to um, to describe how he felt.
1: I mean, he says that, doesn't he? He says, I said something like this. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. not this I, this I, way. I
0: deliberately, that spoils it a bit, it spoils mm-hmm. the poetic mm-hmm. bit, but, but I put that, that in one. because mm-hmm. I thought... Um, it's impo- it was sort of important to, to add that because, um, in fact, that there's a new book out um, called something like um, The Mysticism of St Augustine, A Rereading of the Confessions, and um, he's um, arguing against those who have said, you know, there are these four um, ascents. The first two are failed Plotinian, Attempts um, and says, well, you know, actually, they're they're not at all. Augustine is is using Plotinus to rise above him and to actually. Um, he says that Augustine has actually in um, in writing the Confessions is deliberately um, developing a sort of Christian theology of, of contemplation. Um, so he, he he uses it and then. Rises above it in a sense, or or reworks it. But he um, uses—I mean—he uses passages of Virgil, which, of course, is part of his um, Mm. tradition. So, uh, Mm. in some, in many ways, we we would do the same. Mm.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: In fact, that the Confessions, the whole, every line is um, is a line from a psalm or Mm. a Mm. passage of scripture. I don't understand. Is this supposed to be a vision? This is his meditation. It's a, med-
1: it's a meditation. It's not seeing.
0: No, it's it's that's why I've it's split scenes. it up, because the, the ascent is in the is in number five. Yeah. Um, this is his sort of meditation on it, really. It's just so poetic, the way yeah, that exactly. it's translated. Yeah, so yes. so, it's, so
1: it's
3: not, this one's not a vision, <coughs> No,
2: no, no, based on the previous one. <coughs> you know, His reactions right, driving the right. okay, Yeah. I think in the T. S. Eliot in the four quartets where yeah. he says we shall be back where we started, yes. you know the place for the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. seems to me that there's this sort of depth of Plotinus, as it were, in in Augustine. Mm. But now it's Mm. making fulsome sense Mm. and inevitably he will use the language which he used to but it means something richer
0: yes yes Mm. Mm. yeah Mm.
1: it also again thinking about spiritual development it strikes me that where it's really richer too is where there's real integration of of your earlier self Mm. it's not like you're leaving we're not like snakes, we're not leaving our skin behind. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful and mm-hmm. saliva comes into our mouth because of it mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a real intricate mm-hmm. integration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just what scripture does with mm-hmm. yep, yep, um, looking back to the Old Testament for understanding That's Jesus true. Jesus Yes. You know, yeah. and looking at um
2: it's within the tradition yes. as well, isn't it? We and he would actually, yeah. Always in dialogue with
0: yeah.
1: previous traditions. Yeah.
0: Mm. And he would have been, he was baptised by Ambrose. And of course, mm. Ambrose wrote, um, you know, um, the sacra- sacramentaries, what are they called? The mm. mysteries and two um, treatises on baptism, where he, he's done precisely that, hasn't he, all through, mm. uh, using the sort of Noah's Ark and the, um, mm. the flood and the, um, going through the Red Sea he uses in, in his baptism liturgy so Augustine mm. has got that, that as an example
2: mm. yeah something glorious about using non non-biblical mm. material
1: mm. I find that
2: mm. just so sort of embracing yes. Really. yes. yeah I was wondering you said there
0: was an article Uh, that he was deliberately developing this Christian theology of mysticism. Does he actually say what his purpose is in in writing this? In writing the Confessions? Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, he does. Um, It's whether you believe him or not, I suppose. Um, A lot of people in his own day didn't believe him. Um, But he says in, I think it's book 10, um, and also in, in a book at the end of his life, Um, called The Retractions, when he sort of goes through all his writings and reviews them and says what he still believes in, uh, or where he'd like to change things. And he says that um, he wrote the Confessions um, to praise God, um, and that they have the effect on him of sort of making him feel um, that he's praising God. Um, He doesn't know what the effect is on his readers, but he hopes that they have an effect on them.
1: Do we know that he concentrated a lot on the signs of Yes, he did, did he, yeah. Did he know them off
0: by heart? Oh, I should think so, yeah. because people, yeah. I mean, um, he wouldn't have, um, this, when, when people heard the Confessions, they would have been oral, they would have been oral, he, there was no sort of silent reading, I mean, he regarded it as um, unusual when he found Ambrose reading to himself, that just wasn't sort of common practice. Mm-hmm. Um and in those in that sort of tradition, where, where it's an oral tradition, your memory is extremely good. I mean he that's how they digested chunks of you know, whole books of Virgil and but the Psalms was his sort of favourite Psalms of David were, were his favourite um scriptural work really.
1: Presumably he had some kind of daily reading of the Psalms anyway, wouldn't he, if he was in, living in some kind of in the community, yes, yeah.
0: yeah. Yes, I mean, he lived, to begin with, he was in a sort of lay um, community when he went back to Africa after the Ostia, the Bishop Ostia, his mother died. Um, Then he went back to Africa and lived in a sort of community. And then when he was ordained, um, and then quickly made made a bishop as well, he he lived in a sort of mixed community of clergy and lay. So he, he always lived in a community.
3: Mm-hmm. And psalmody was very, very important to the Desert Fathers in that whole tradition, that time, And in yeah, all
0: the psalms. And dare that. I say it, the Manachy Psalm book, obviously, was, uh, <laughs> was one of the books he would have known as well. Mm-hmm. What sort of life would the, the
1: community life have been?
0: well he he or well, there is an augustinian rule which he developed to um i mean i i haven't read the rule recently i can't remember much about it but he developed the rule for his community so they would have le- lived by the rule i don't know somebody else might might be very familiar with the augustinian rule but um he developed it to to live by it It's extraordinary, isn't it? It's, sort of it's um, joint vision. It's I know, like, the, the fact it's joint. The fact it's joint, yes. I mean, and St yes. John and St Theresa oh. have yeah. joint yeah. experiences together. Mm. Really. Um, but um, it's mm-hmm. just so extraordinary, mother and son. I know. Just an extraordinary. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, what I did forget to bring was that picture, the painting I've got of. Um, um, the Priapolite one, is it? Uh, the Ari Shaf- Shafra, um, I mean, of mother right. and son, and he looks very sort of effeminate. And if you saw the painting, you could, and it's a vision, you know, it's a bit austere. Mm. But um, yeah, so there's some comment that um, it, some of the passages are like sort of Dido and Aeneas, the relationship they had, and of course, you know, they weren't mother and son, but mm. it, it's sort of inappropriate. Um, longing when she sort of rushes after him or stands on the shore at carthage and sort of um, <laughs> you know waves him off when he goes um yes i mean it's obviously i mean again you know there have been sort of psychological um interpretations of augustine and the relationship with his mother and I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't sort of reading that at all. I no, just think, you know, just on the pure, pu- the pure, the communal pure, like, aspect. spiritual communal aspect yes. of it. It's just really, really interesting. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Of, of that um. Unity um between God and. Yes. The third. And yeah. You sort of think of a vision as one with God, but yes. you? you don't think it no. than, you know... Mm. As embraced as mm. possible. Embrace it. So mm. Yes, I mean, the other thing that comes out of, of this painting is that they're both looking together in the same direction, mm. which is God.